You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey, thanks for jumping into the podcast today. We're in a series of sermons right now called Marriage Matters, talking about the importance of marriage, how not only we engage with our spouses, but also what that teaches about God uh, and the gospel and the way that Jesus loves us uh, in the church. And so today we're taking a little spin off of that and just talking some really practical stuff. We're talking communication in marriage. And so on the podcast today is my lovely bride, Bethany Lutz, uh, and our friends Tanner and Aaron Smith. Thanks for jumping in. Hello. Thanks for having us. All right, so let me ask you this before we get real serious. Where did you guys meet? So we'll tell some of our story, but where did y'all meet? Uh, how long did you married? Uh, maybe what was even like your first impression of each other when you got together? Yeah, Go so <laughs> we've been married for almost 11 years. Uh, we met, uh, we were both 18 and met at a, a show. I was opening for a guy doing a CD release show. And um, <clears throat> I saw her and thought, that girl's really beautiful. Uh, my first impression, I thought she had a child because there was a baby on her hip. <laughs> Turns out it was your niece. And I was like, because of the former uh, impression I had of her, how beautiful she was, I just thought, all right, I guess I'll raise a kid. We'll do it. Like, it's fine. Not a big deal. That was my impression. What was your first impression? <laughs> Very much the opposite. I was interested in someone else, so it was just a guy All right. who said hello. <laughs> it took some time. It took some time. Cool. So I had to woo her. <laughs> we'll talk Sorry. more about that later. <laughs> yeah. Bethany, how long have we been married? What was your first impression we met? Oh, um, well, we've been married 15 years this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, my first impression, well, he'd set up this, like, let's meet for lunch thing, but then brought a friend with him well, for this lunch where we met. Uh-huh, just, just he wasn't just sure if I'd be cool or not, so he needed a safe out. Um, <laughs> but uh, first impression, I thought he I hadn't ever met a lot of, like, nice guys um, in my life or even dated any. Um, so that he was just, like, a genuinely nice guy that was pretty attractive. There you go. Nice. Uh, we met through a mutual friend, actually at Clear Creek Community Church. That's a different story for a different day. So, uh, but my first impression meeting her in person was that Bethany was really confident, and I enjoyed like easy conversation with Bethany. Mm. So that was our first impression. That's awesome. And how long have you guys been married? Uh, almost fifteen years. So this wow. summer, That's yeah, amazing. Fifteen years. All right. So uh, think back to when you're dating. We're talking about communication today. How did you communicate when you were dating, and how has that changed over time? So we'll start with the Smiths, but want to hear from you too. You want to take this one? Oh, I, yeah, this is a, a tough one. I, <laughs> I don't communicate well. Mm. So I, I feel like our marriage up until really probably the last year or so has been a struggle bus. I am not great at communicating what I'm thinking or feeling. So I feel like the first few years of our marriage and our relationship was like Tanner constantly trying to pull out mm. anything from me, yeah. <laughs> good or bad. And it was, yeah, I don't know. Our, our dating relationship consisted of like a lot of, a lot of one word text responses, yes. you know? <laughs> and I was like, I don't think this girl actually likes me. I'd be like, you know, hey, what's on your mind today? Nothing. Uh, 
Cool. Uh, Period or exclamation what are you, mark? Because that makes a big difference. Like no ex, no points of just like you know thumbs just up emojis. Thumbs up. I mean, just that Good. kind of stuff. Or I'd want to talk on on the phone for hours at night, and she'd be like, oh, "I'm tired. I'm gonna go to bed." I'd be like, "Oh, okay, right on." So, Aaron, is that just uh, personality, or is that family of origin? Like what? No, I think it's just personality. Okay. I'm I'm the quiet one in my family. Yeah. I mean, we can get loud and rowdy, but my family's very talkative, and I'm. Just listen. I cool. see the background. Yeah, she's a good listener. In. So how has that changed? You said even the last year, maybe things are, are different than they used to be. How has that changed for you guys? Yeah, so for me, the last the last few years we've had, well, our, our first few years of marriage were just, there was just so much loss and so much trauma and sickness and illnesses. So it probably wasn't really until we came to Clear Creek almost four years ago that I felt some health and some freedom and really mm-hmm. was able to like look inward and go like, okay, this is not sustainable for myself or for our marriage or our family. And, um, kind of dig deeper on what needed to change. And for me, that was, um, well, getting plugged in with counseling and being able to talk to a counselor about all the things that were pent up and things I didn't know how to express. And then kind of pouring that out into our relationship and seeking advice and counsel from, um, other people. And, uh, yes, yeah. yeah, so I think it's changed a lot. Still working, still yeah. much That's to good. be improved. But So Tanner, with a very different personality and more of yeah. an extrovert, more of a communicator, how did you um, handle that? How did you change from back then to where you are now in communicating in your marriage? Well, I think uh, a lot of it is has to do with trust. So early on, there was a lot of fear of like, well, maybe she, you know, was this always what it's going to be like? Or maybe she doesn't really actually like me. Or maybe there's this or that. And so for me, it's taking little things and jumping to larger conclusions. And I think the more we've been married, the more I've been able to, I, I know her character. I know who she is as a person. Uh, I can trust her. And and I, I've had those, we've had great, deep rich conversations and we've been through a lot of life together now. So I think it's kind of taking place over time and then with maturity, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point as well, but just instead of making little things into big things, choosing to trust the other person. Yeah. Good. Good. Uh, so Bethany and I have been married for 15, but dated for most of our college experience. So, uh, what did communication look like for us back in the dating days versus now? I mean, like married and three kids and just uh, plans every night and like, uh, how have our communication rhythms changed? I mean, when we were dating, we would talk on the phone till like 3am or we would hang out all the time or write letters to each other when you were working at Pine Cove or... Instant Messenger, that was great, yeah. great way we would <laughs> aim. What, yeah, what was it aim then? For <laughs> yeah, Facebook Messenger too. Ours was Fa- Facebook Messenger. Yeah. It was just yeah. just post like I'd MSN. No, but I mean together. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Aim those. Yeah, those were your other the other gone. boys. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook pokes. I mean, that yeah. was like initial. Mm, that you was know. a big thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we had like endless time. The mm-hmm. main thing that would barrier was studying in school. Yeah. And. Uh, whereas like fast forward now where we have like three young children, they're all involved in things. And, um, we, when we want to talk, they're usually wanting to talk (laughs) to us too. So it's usually like when kids are in bed or, um, just having to make a lot more intentional efforts Mm -hmm. to really like talk with one another and not just about our schedule and how we're going to tag in and tag out for the day and whose responsibilities are what, but like being able to like connect and like, how is your heart? How are you doing? You seem off today. What's going on? Um, That's good. Yeah. 
And we'll talk about some practical ways we do that. Um, I would say our relationship was very different in that Bethany connects over conversation. So like uh, as we're dating, it's like that's what I realized she connected the most. If we could just have, you know, one-on-one time for her to be able to communicate and me to ask her good questions. And so uh, I would say the thing that's continued in that is the way that we connect is usually over a good meal uh, and just having one-on-one conversation, whether that's one-on-one or with friends. Yeah. uh, But like conversation is a way that Bethany really connects. Would you Mm. say that's true? Yeah. yeah, I love to yeah, talk. That's you do, you do. <laughs> as, as a mom too, I'm sure that that's difficult. I know she expresses all the time, just having the app, the presence of small children all the time. Mm-hmm. There's a difference in communicating with kids and communicating with adults or sure. with your spouse. Like that is a very different, uh, very different rodeo. form of yeah, <laughs> different rodeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I grew up in the church, and I always heard people talk about this book, The Five Love Languages. Yeah. Right? It's a pretty old book now. Uh, I don't think I read it until after I got married, but uh, the idea is we all have uh, different love languages, ways we express love, ways we receive love, uh, and one of the ways we communicate love is to know your spouse's love language. That's kind of the overarching theme. So uh, how do y'all talk about that in your marriage? Is like love language conversation ever come up, or is that like a, we don't talk about that? It definitely does. We have I don't think I've ever read the book. Mm-hmm. But like the, the like principles, the there, principle yeah. has been yeah. around. So yeah. we talk, we actually do talk about it quite often because her and I, as we've already probably demonstrated, are just polar opposites mm-hmm. in every way. So hopefully, some people who are listening or watching this can can relate to that. You know, I think it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so similarly with love languages, we're just completely different. So um, I, is everybody supposed to have two? Is that how it works? I don't know. Because we were just talking about that. Because I, mine are like words of affirmation, physical touch, and she's like, I'm just one, just acts of service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. else Straight matters. Down the road. Yeah, nothing else. <laughs> nothing else matters. And yeah, so the ways that you know, there's the ways that you receive that, but then also the ways that you give that. And so for us, that's probably been one of the greatest challenges in our marriage is like figuring out how to communicate love right. in a way that doesn't just make sense to you, right. but that makes sense to the person that you're Because that's the tendency, right? If it's like, I receive love through totally. words of affirmation, so I'm just going to pour that out on Aaron. But that's yeah. not at all how she receives that. Yeah. And so learning to express in the way that someone else receives that. Uh, I would say ours is pretty similar. Uh, we we say we're not polar opposites. We complement each other, yeah. right? So every personality profile we ever take, like we're the exact opposite, but in really cool ways because mm-hmm. where I'm strong, she's weak, or where she's, you know, I'm she's strong, I'm weak. Uh, so what would you say our love languages are in comparison to that? Um, well, I feel like very similar to yeah. to the Smiths. I'm definitely like acts of service. Yeah. Um, and like uh, quality I, time. Yeah, that's... I would say that's the one that we share though, right? So if, yes. if I'm a words of affirmation mm-hmm. and she's an acts of service person, like uh, quality time together is yeah. one that like we that's that's helpful for us. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Any that's other amazing. love language insight? Is there other other personality stuff that you use that's like, man, that's been really helpful in my communication stuff? I'm, I'm fascinated by that stuff. Yeah. And another way that we differ is she hates that stuff. <laughs> so we'll t- I talk, I'll bring up Enneagram stuff all the time. She's just like, don't, don't even, don't uh-huh. use that. Or, or even recently, like I took the six types of working geniuses yeah. home to her and was just like, this is going to change our life. And she was like, she, actually, you were pretty gracious about that. And you're like, all right, let me, let me hear you out on it or whatever. But yeah, I, I think... Um, Specifically, just with with love languages, uh, it, it it requires a certain amount of selflessness to say, even though this is the way I show love, 
for me to to just dump out like words of affirmation or to dump out physical touch on her when she's been home with our kids mm. and they've been like grabbing at her all day is not only not helpful it's actually like can be damaging mm. like so i have to really think through the lens of like no how can i selflessly come around her and love her and i'm terrible at that i, I would like You've to be better, better at that yeah better. <laughs> thanks <laughs> at least there's signs of improving while we're talking about that with both y'all being acts of service people so i struggle with like okay i'm gonna do this thing and i want you to know that it's an act of love not just being a responsible human yeah. right like how do you receive it knowing that it's an act of service meant as an expression of love versus just like Dude, because it was the right thing to do. You're not babysitting. They're your kids. (laughs) You're not doing the dishes because you love me. It's because they're your dishes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how do y'all receive that? Talk about that a little bit. Is that a challenging question? Um, a little bit. Uh. (laughs) Does it matter to you either way? Like if it if it's done with the intent of like, hey, this is how I'm showing you I love you, or just be you know in the middle of the night. I would think just even the most basic things are like the basic foundation of showing me love and then everything can be built upon. So if you're doing those things faithfully, like taking out the trash or um, just being proactive with the kids, like when I'm cooking dinner or cleaning up after dinner and helping me out in those ways, shows me love more than just like going above and beyond. Like if you can do the basics, to me it's like... You feel loved. I feel loved and then anything on top of that is just bonus. Mm. Well, and like doing... Like doing acts of service without then telling me you've done acts of service, right? <laughs> so like, you know, if you say, I'm doing this because I want to love and serve you. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know that, but now you're, but then I, need, yeah. I'm not a great, I'm not great at words of affirmation. Mm. Um, I'm not a like super sentimental, um, I love to talk, but not yeah. necessarily like express my feelings a lot, yeah. which is really mm-hmm. ironic and doesn't make sense. No, but so I sense. feel like I probably then need to do a better job of mm-hmm. thank you for doing this. I recognize that you have done this um, versus like being told, oh, hey, I did this. You know, yeah. I feel like there's there's tension both ways. <laughs> sure. um, but yes, I think just um, doing acts of service, seeing that hey, this really helps her, you know, not just that it means a lot or that's how I feel loved, but that it like alleviates some of the burden of daily life. Yeah. I just think there's a tendency to like, I know this is how you receive it. So I'm going to express that, but I got to attach it to the way that I receive it Mm -hmm. so that it feels legitimate. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, But man, that's a challenge. It's a challenge. It is. So outside of just expressing love to one another, uh, how does knowing your spouse's needs impact the way you communicate with each other? So I know what you need. Therefore, I'm going to act this way or I'm going to communicate with you this way how does that impact it we all just take a collective <laughs> breath I think that's a really good question I I think for me sometimes I can uh, I've heard especially for somebody who who receives love from acts of service <laughs> did you notice how much I touch her like how <laughs> this is this is what I'm working on uh <clears throat> No, but for for somebody who receives acts of service, for me to even just always be asking like, hey, what can I do for you? Is, it's almost um, less helpful as opposed to just seeing the need and meeting the need. So a lot of times when I ask her that question, she's like, I mean, kind of the most helpful thing is for you just to walk around like and just see needs and meet them, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I guess that's kind of, for me, what I think about in terms of knowing the knowing what she knowing what she needs, knowing her 
um, the forms of expressed love that mean something to her. Uh, does that make sense? Sure, sure. Bethany, how does knowing me really well impact the way you communicate with me? Um, I think that I can anticipate your needs more yeah. than other people can because I know you at yeah. a deeper level than anybody else does. Yeah. And so I can like sense when tensions are high or you've had a rough day, even not knowing what's happened in the day and mm. knowing like, okay, like maybe I should do the dishes tonight or maybe I should make sure the kids aren't quite as nuts as normal or, you know, like just being able. Yeah. So I think I'm able to anticipate things and what you need more because I just know you deeper than anybody else. Yeah. 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 And I think it's the the opposite is true too. It's like, I know when you don't want to communicate. Right. So like we joke like, you Bethany's, just need space. yeah, Bethany's not a morning person. Right. So like, we're not going to have any serious conversation early in yeah. the morning. Mm-hmm. I am a morning person. I'm up and ready to go. And She's like, I need to drink coffee. I need some alone time before I'm ready to communicate. And so knowing her needs like impacts the way I choose yeah. to communicate, when I choose to communicate, mm-hmm. um, when she's cooking or when she's in the middle of doing something she has that has her focus. Like that's not a time to have the really serious conversation. That's right. a time just to check in on the day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else for you, Aaron? Just knowing Tanner better than anybody else knows Tanner, <laughs> how does it impact the way you communicate with him? Yeah, that's – oh, gosh – Um, I think, I don't know. It's a struggle for me, like I said, to be able to verbalize what I'm feeling and saying and, and, and when he needs physical affection and I, I have been touched out by children all day and, uh, just kind of humbling myself and, and you just get to a point where you, you know, no matter what is going on in your day that there's another person in the narrative, like your narrative is not the only one. And so, just having to put yourself aside, die to self and go like, okay, this is, even if my day was stressful or I need space, um, what, what does this person need? And I I feel like your, your tank is always needing to be filled. So I don't think that there's like a wrong time for me to do. I'm not saying no, no, no. I think you, you just, you, you really thrive off of those things. and, And the more I can give it, the better, um, you're able to give me love yeah. back. And so just finding that mutual, just pouring out into each other and like you said, the right times mm-hmm. and, and stuff. But and I think likewise, like if I know that's that taxing and draining for her, then sometimes I just need to be like, try my best to not be so needy. Like that's one of the ways me knowing her, knowing that it takes a lot to kind of pull that together in, in order to say, hey, I know this is what you need to so hear it is. For me just to say like, all right, today, I don't need to be needy. (laughs) Today I can recognize you've had a long day at home with the kids. Like you have been taxed, you have been touched, you have been talked to, you have been, you know, pulled at at every end. So let me just put myself aside. Um, Take the kids outside. Go play on our adventure tree in our front yard and just give you – uh, we watched a show called with the kids called Bluey. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Bluey's sure. awesome, and so you know, there's a, an episode where it's like, you know, uh, Chili, the mom, she's like, I just need what did she say? Twenty minutes. I just need just twenty. 20 just need a twenty or whatever. And the kids are like, Why doesn't mommy want to see? He's like, No, 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 no. She just needs twenty. <laughs> We're gonna go outside and play. And I think that's a for me knowing she just needs space sometimes yeah. to to recover. You know, yeah. To if heal. I can refill, it's so much easier for me to give that love back to you. Yeah. I'm just so dry. Mm. It's crazy. When you're selfless, you actually uh, <laughs> reap something. Right. <laughs> right. 
Bethany, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what's been the biggest challenge with communication in our marriage? So, like, think back over 15 years. What's been the biggest challenge with the way we communicate or seasons of communication? Mm, I think that the biggest challenge is that we have different communication styles. Sure. Um, and so the way that we manage conflict or, you know, I tend to be more withdrawn. Um, Aaron is really good with words, um, and I am not. And so he can thoughtfully think through how he's feeling, whereas I need a lot of time to sit in it and, like, Mm -hmm. figure out, like, why do I feel frustrated? Why do I feel Mm -hmm. this way or that way? I have to, like, and it's not because I don't want to talk about it. It's because I don't know how to communicate it the way that makes sense and doesn't make me just sound irrational. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's probably been our biggest, like, tension in communication is just, like, his need to immediately address things and my need to not and just be able to like and a lot of times I'll have to write things down like before I can communicate it um and so I think that's probably been our biggest issue in communication is just our different styles but like learning each other well to like us now know like I feel like we now communicate really well in that because I know his style he -hmm. knows mine and um that we've grown a lot in that I think for our listeners and viewers like there's a difference between internal and external processors, right? Yeah. So Bethany, what she just expressed is an internal processing, whereas it's helpful for me to come home and just process through the day sure. by talking about it, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I get more clarity the more I talk about it. That's just not true for, for Bethany. So that can be a challenge in marriages. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? Biggest challenge in communication in your marriage? Outside of Aaron, you already kind of talked about, just your personality lends to some, yeah. some challenges for, for y'all. But what other than that? I, well, I, I first of all, I we totally like identify with that. She is an internal processor for sure. I'm an external processor. I need to talk things out to get somewhere. And so that, that I would say, I just agree with that for us. I would say the other thing is for sure handling conflict. Like if I think back over the years, the 11 years of our marriage, most of the times where I felt like communication was just, we were not understanding one another. Mm -hmm. It was around some sort of of conflict, whether it was from within or from without, but our ability to kind of like realize, I think we want the same things, but we're just not expressing that. Yeah, we're really quick with our tongues, which is so damaging. Yeah. We're just quick to say what we think or how we feel, and we don't really take the time to kind of pull it back in and make sure that what we're saying is not just damaging the other person yeah. and, and making it worse. Yeah, or just being qu- quick to listen, slow to speak. Yeah. You know, I think if, if, if there was something I could have told first year of marriage, Tanner and Aaron, it's like, to just shut up sometimes, you know, think, think about the fact that every word that you say is going to, in some way, leave a mark on your marriage. And some of those words, you know, you cannot undo that, you know, some of the things are, you can roll off the back, but there are real ways in which I can say something and it's going to leave a wound for forever. Um, So, yeah, I would say just care with our words, slow to speak, quick to listen. Let's sit in that conflict mm-hmm. thing for a second. So uh, it's been said there's really three common responses to conflict, right? There's fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. So talk about your style of responding <laughs> to conflict. How do you typically respond to that? <laughs> Tanner's a fighter. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will kind of freeze up initially. And then I, I fight. Mm. I, I feel like I'm backed into a corner and I'm mm. just kind of like, I, I don't feel like I have a way out. So the only way to do it is to 
to throw some punches and verbally, verbally throw yes. some punches. Verbally, just, just clarifying. Clarifying. Yes. That's okay. a great clarification. Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm fine for those watching and listening. Everything's okay. Link twice. If you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything, Tanner? Yeah. Um, it's funny you, you say that, that, that it's kind of like freeze and then fight, but it's almost because what you need is to flight. Like what you need is, is like what you said earlier to, to, to just get a minute. So I, I'm like a fix it, get in there, like let's talk about it, especially from what I mentioned earlier. A lot of times with conflict, and I think this happens especially with young marrieds because we have this like innate fear. Kind of the culture I think we grew up in was like find the right person mm-hmm. to marry. And so because of that, we have this like fear for the first couple years of our marriage of did I marry the wrong person? So then when someone, when someone, you know, when your spouse exhibits a certain trait or says words or acts a certain way, you're thinking, well, did I, who did I marry? Is this what it's going to be like? Mm-hmm. Is this really who you are? Like there's just, a, I think a lot of that. And especially it was for me because I was just very insecure. So for me, it was, well, I need to like, we need to get to that. Like, let me hear what you said again. Let's talk about it. Let's, is that really how you feel? And I just needed to, you know, uh, analyze and pick it apart. And, yeah. and she, I began to find out if I, if I could literally just give her 30 minutes, you know, before, and not, not to say we never need to talk about it, but just give her like literally 30 minutes to just process. She would oftentimes come back and be like, hey, what I said earlier, I didn't really mean, like, I'm sorry, you know? And I'd be like, oh, okay. But if I just ran to it and wanted to fight through it, it became a you know, big argument and would result in you know, damage. Yeah. So Yeah, the most important thing is not getting to like a resolution with the conflict. It's actually how we handle the conflict and mm. the way we treat each other. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's good. What about you guys? I would think we relate to everything you just said. Um, yeah. I think that I, I tend to want to fix it as soon as we can. Let's go ahead and address the conflict. But Bethany needs time to process that. And so if I push her into a corner in the same way you're talking about, it's like she'll say something. Yeah. Uh, but it may not be the most helpful thing for us, for me or her. And I'm like pushing for resolution when uh, it doesn't have to happen as immediately as that. Do you agree? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I tend to just get real quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, Aaron and I are both pretty, like, mild-mannered people, so, like, we don't ever have these, like, blow-up, like, when we mm-hmm. argue, like, we've never, like, blown up at each other, um, but it's more that I I tend to, like, internalize things, and so, and then, but I'll also internalize things in a way where I think it's not a big deal, like, why does this bother me, instead of just being able to initially, uh, like, communicate my frustration in something, yeah. and so then that builds up to where then other things happen and then another thing then just like I do combust, you mm-hmm. know, I like, can so just learn for me having to learn like, hey, if something frustrates me, I need to communicate my frustration or my, you know, conflict then and try and figure out why I feel that way versus just, and even yeah. if it does, because so many times I've said things, I'm like, okay, I know that sounded stupid, but it feels just so good to get that out <laughs> in the open. And now we know it, we've addressed, okay, that was yeah. <laughs> hormones that week or yeah. <laughs> something legitimate. And yeah. um, just that it's good just to say it and not bottle it up and combust. I was talking with somebody the other day about just arguments in your marriage and kind of the idea of like as a, as a fighter or as an external processor, yeah. I can go win an argument all day long, mm. but I lose right? Yeah. Like, like you don't ever win a fight in your marriage. Like yeah. just the fight itself is a loss. And so how do we come to the place where you guys said like, we're on the same team. We want the same thing, uh, without, you know, hurting each other in the way we ex- express conflict. Yeah. And then I think, you know, a part of it is just the, 
loving our wives as Christ loved the church to uh, caring for them, cherishing them. In, the, in those moments, instead of letting fear take over, instead of letting our need to sort of problem solve and, and almost uh, engineer them, we have to realize, man, God has created them as unique, beautiful people who have so many more times than us, just wisdom to bring to a situation. Yeah. So there's a level of humility it, it takes for me to to surrender in those moments and say, she's, because nine times out of, maybe 9.7 times <laughs> out of 10, she's right about whatever it is that we're arguing about. I'm not just saying that as like a, like a stupid cliche. Like, it's really true. I feel like most of the time in in the disputes that we have, I'll, I come around and realize, wow, you actually are right. So in those moments for me to really learn to listen is difficult, like active listening, where I'm not just waiting for her to finish so that I can say something, but I'm I'm listening to her and truly trying to understand her side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's an art that I I'd love to learn yeah. one day. <laughs> That's a that's a really practical way of thinking about listening and communication. So let's let's dive into that. Let's talk just yeah. uh, some really practical things you do in your marriage to be on the same page. So I'll throw out another one as we're talking about conflict. We had this saying, and I think someone told us this. It wasn't original to us, but when we were our babies were really young, like anything said between one a.m. and five a.m. was immediately <laughs> forgiven the next day. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like <laughs> I know you didn't mean that. Like so, let's just awesome. begin the morning by forgiving each other. Like that's a really yeah. practical way to think about conflict and communication. That's not carte blanche to say whatever you want yeah. in the middle of the night, right? <laughs> but what are some other practical things y'all do to communicate, to stay on the same page? Bethany, Smiths, all of us. Let's go. Yeah, well, y'all go first. I'd like to hear that. Um, I think one thing that I always have to, like, practical thing that I have to remind myself of is to always assume the best of Aaron, mm. right? Like that sometimes we can think, well, he didn't do this, so he's trying to communicate this to me. Or, you know, like mm. we just like make these false narratives in our brain. Yeah. Um, that's not fair. And so I think just always like know, like assuming the best of him, knowing that like he loves me so well and loves yeah. me so much. Um, but an- another thing, I remember when Evan was born, our second, um, I was in just this really of a state where I just was overwhelmed Mm. and lonely and just felt disconnected. And I knew he was like willing, he wanted to help me, but he also can't just read my mind. And I wanted him to, right? But I remember one night sitting down and writing a list out of like practical ways and like actual tangible things he could do to alleviate the burden I was feeling. And so yeah. I've made a list. I still have it saved on my phone. It's called How to Help Me Be Me Again. Mm, and it was just practical things. Like I need to see my friends twice a month. I need yeah. three hours alone, completely alone each week. And like he had this list. going to be like, I can do that. I can yeah. do this. I need you to take the kids to school for me. I need you. And so just communicating that to him, but I had to assess what mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. versus just like, I don't know what I need. Figure mm-hmm. out what I need. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was like really helpful in that season and something really practical that I share a lot with other people, like make a list, like know yeah. what you need and then communic- to your, communicate it to your spouse knowing that they want to help you. I think that's so valuable, especially for young mothers. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that is probably the... The thing I know we've experienced and so many of our friends who are just having kids for the first time, that's something that nobody prepares you for mm-hmm. as a mother. And nobody prepares a husband for how to care for their wife in those situations. Mm-hmm. I have I look back over the course, now our, our oldest is eight, so eight years into parenthood, 
And I'm like, man, I there are so many things I wish I would have done so that she could have maintained her personhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's amazing advice. I think for those that are listening that have young kids, like definitely try to communicate, even if it's a, the littlest thing that you know, mm-hmm. communicate early and often with those kinds of things. Yeah. It's really helpful. Well, even it's just a sign of Bethany knowing me well. It's like Aaron operates well with checklists. He <laughs> likes to be able to like mark yeah. off, like I achieved something, right? Yeah. And so that she served me well by giving me a list. Um, I think just another practical thing with this is like your marriage changes over time. Like the way you communicate mm-hmm. will change yeah. over time. And so, uh, like we said, when we had babies, we communicated in one way. Now that our kids are a little bit older, like there's some other practical things that we're doing in order to communicate that are different than then. And they'll be different 10 years from now when we're empty nesters. And so a practical thing for our season of life right now is that our kids are starting to stay up a little bit later. There's not nap times. And so those times that were built in for us to be able to connect mm-hmm. and communicate yeah. are kind of gone. And mm-hmm. then we have events every night of the week with baseball and gymnastics. And you just get into that busy season of life with your kids. And so you have to carve out new times for that communication. So we're finally at the place where like our kids can kind of stay home for a little bit by themselves. Yeah. And so we'll do the dishes and then we're like, hey, we're going to go on a walk. And that's our time to go say the things that we can say without our kids around, right? That we used to be able to do when our kids were going to bed at 7.30 or 8 o'clock. And that's just not reality anymore. Or when they couldn't read or understand spelling if we were like (laughs) spell things out. Now they'll be like, what are you talking about? I know what you're saying now. Exactly. Um, And the things that we can say when our kids are in earshot now are different than they were Mm -hmm. before. And so, um, you know, especially with my role on staff of the church, I want to protect them from any conflict that may come or things like that. Like it's just changed how we can communicate and what we can communicate about with our kids around. So uh, there's some other really practical stuff too. That's good. What about y'all? I actually have a book that has been a huge help for us. This is called The Marriage Journal. Um, And it is somebody, some some friends of ours recommended, actually bought us this book. Uh, And so it's literally just a weekly thing that we go through. It has like your... Your prompts, your weekly prompts. Yeah, it has a little devotion and all of it's super good. It has like a schedule, a calendar schedule in it that you basically just say, okay, what's going on this week? Because that can be a huge source of issues of people's mm-hmm. communication. It's like, well, I didn't know you had that and I didn't know we had this and now we're busy and overwhelmed. We've, we're double booked. And then it has these prompts, simple questions like, what brought you joy this week? What is something that was hard this week? What's one thing I can do for you? Is there any unconfessed sin or conflict or hurt that we need to resolve? What's a dream, craving, or desire that's been on the forefront of your mind? And the unique thing about it is that you take turns scribing, but you both answer the question. Okay. So you share the journal. Yeah, which is really helpful um, because uh, the other day I was scribing, and so I'm asking her, and she's kind of dictating to me, you know, the way that she felt about one of those questions. So I'm writing it down, and she's looking at me writing, and she goes, that that's not what I said at all. <laughs> so even just like it's helpful for me to literally take what she's saying and then write that down and her to see this is how I'm I'm you know taking that information and processing it. Uh, so just to do that once a week has already changed things for us so much. Um, so I'd recommend this book to anybody. Um, but also um, some friends of ours who are uh, marriage counselors, actually, really sweet older couple named Keith and Kathy Bates. They're Davises. Keith and Kathy Davis. Sorry, yes. <laughs> my bad. Really good friends, though. Really, really great friends. friends. We're very close. I have to publicly apologize, <laughs> Keith and Kathy Davis. 
amazing couple seasoned in their marriage in counseling and pastoral ministry. They do like weekly or like full week intensives with couples. And they shared a a principle with us recently to to basically take that, what we were doing once once a week and apply it throughout the week. Mm. So just real briefly, kind of the the idea around that in Genesis, right? God creates man, puts him in the garden Mm. and God creating people out of this communal uh, Trinitarian desire for relationship. Um, he puts that in the heart of man. The only says, thing he says about his creation that's not good is it's not good for him to be alone. Um, so then first marriage happens, this beautiful representation of God's love for the church. But I, I just wanted to read Genesis two twenty four really quick because I think it's helpful with this concept. Um, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So we we think a lot about that verse in terms of like uh, the becoming one flesh part. That's like the physical intimacy, you know, you're now one, all that. But the the holding fast part is extremely important because um, the Hebrew word there like implies this. It's like active. It's like a clinging, like a chasing after. So there, there's the the, phys- the physical side of unity that takes place in marriage, but the way that God designed it is also for this emotional and spiritual com- communication to happen. And the problem is, like what you're saying, at this stage in our marriages with our kids getting older, um, that doesn't happen spontaneously. You know, when yeah. you're when you're dating, yeah, when you're dating, when you're early in marriage, it's like, well, it's Tuesday. What are we going to do? I don't know, nothing to do. Let's go out and get dinner and you can just talk. But when you've got kids and you've got a busy schedule, that stuff, just like any discipline, spiritual discipline, like you have to create time, space, uh, distraction free for that. Just like what you were saying, taking walks. So anyways, they, they shared with us this concept that they call FaceTime, which they named it that before there was <laughs> a while, FaceTime yeah. on their phone. Um, and it's just... Uh, like three to four times a week, it really as often as you can do it, but 30 to 45 minutes of undistracted time where you can sit across something, table, face-to-face, put your phones away, and just connect on an emotional and spiritual level. And I, we kind of looked at each other and were like, yeah, we don't have anything like that set up regularly throughout the week. I mean, think about the intentionality that you'd put into your relationship with God. It's like, I want to carve out time to spend to communicate with Him. It's the only way I'm going to grow. Or if you want to work out or if you want to, you know, whatever it is, that stuff can't just happen spontaneously because if it does, it's not going to work. And so likewise, I'm sorry, this is, this is long winded, (laughs) but likewise for us, we've been trying to implement that as regular routine, a regular routine in our marriage. Um, because for 11 years it hasn't been something. So we've, we've spent this whole time kind of talking about like our, you know, our flaws and the ways that we've are growing from that. This for us was like, fresh manna like wow this is something that we can take and run with that's really practical for us yeah yeah i think another thing would be um the book we just went through in small group bless i know Mm -hmm. that that is more uh written for our neighbors our co-workers or things but applying that in marriage would be so extremely helpful so begin with prayer praying together listening eating um serving Serving, and sharing sharing stories like always reminding each other of who we are and maybe things we don't know about each other from childhood or whatever and um, our our salvational stories and things yeah. like that. Even stories from, from the day, you know, mm-hmm. stories from yeah. what's going on. Just being really intentional. With That's really helpful. I'm preaching one of the series or one of the sermons in the series uh, and talking about 
finding satisfaction in relationships, how we have this need to be fulfilled in yeah. a lot of different ways. And so uh, Mark Carden uses the phrase, the Lee questions, right? How are you doing relationally? How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing emotionally and physically? And so just having a regular rhythm of asking those questions, those yeah. Lee questions, like where do you feel unsatisfied in those areas? Mm-hmm. And what are the ways that I need to help meet some of those needs? And what are the ways that I'm not even designed to be able to meet those needs? Like mm-hmm. ultimately, God has to satisfy some needs that I can't you know, fulfill completely. Yeah. And so uh, that's a, a practical thing. I had a friend that said that they, they do that really on like, they call it a state of the union trip. They take a road trip that's uninterrupt, uninterrupted windshield time for six or seven hours. Mm. It's like, and everything comes off in the wash in one of those state of the union kind of trips. But you're intentionally asking those questions. Like, man, how are you doing relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and yeah. physically? I think at first when we thought of that idea, it was a little overwhelming. Because when you don't have those conversations all the time, you kind of don't know how to answer that question. Well, I don't even know how I'm doing emotionally. That's where prompts are helpful. Even if it's just a few that kind of help you, What, like a question like, what brought you joy this week? Is That takes the emotional, how am I doing emotionally? I, I don't know. There's a, that's, a lot, that's a loaded question. And just say like, oh, yeah, what was hard? You know, what was painful? Like those simple kind of prompts, you know, husbands, like for you to jot down eight questions, you know, that maybe you could think of, or wives even jot down eight questions that you could just say, these are ways I can kind of, you know, hold fast or run after, cleave to, you know, to, to dig in deep and find out who's inside, you know, my spouse. Um, and then if uh, once a week or a few times a week, just to sit down and ask those questions, even if at first it's awkward and you fumble through it and it's messy, it's worth it. Really good. Really good. Well, I think it's been really helpful. Really practical ways that we can kind of bless our church when we talk about marriage, not only in honoring God, but honoring our spouses. And so I think you guys think really well about that, especially you. I'm really grateful for you. You're <laughs> awesome. Hey, for our church family, I hope this has been a helpful conversation for you as we all seek to honor God and our, with our marriages, but also with our families. Yeah, amazing. Thanks for having us on. It's yeah. been super fun. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Thanks so much for joining us today.